Hello, camp counselors, campers, and everybody who has ever received a good care package. Nothing beats a good care package. I'm Maddie Hammond, and you're listening to Camp Stories. If this is your first time listening, stop now and start at Season 1, Episode 1. You'll want to listen to this season in sequential order. If you're returning, welcome back to Camp Harwood. July 21st, 2019. I love this place so much. Even though today was technically a work day for me, the gorgeous weather and great company made it seem like a chill summer day. There just happened to be a bunch of kids running around. I spent most of the day monitoring the swim area with a handful of lifeguards, hanging out with Alexa at the buddy board. Since we were out of earshot of everyone else, she gave me an update on the Sarah situation and what went down yesterday at Dave's house. She said that they had a fun night, but that neither of them were looking for anything serious. It was just a hookup. She was happy to have checked skinny dipping makeout off her bad girl bucket list and has a few more adventures to check off by the end of the summer. Alexa noticed that I kept looking at Jonas, who was lifeguarding out on the diving platform. She asked, are you ever going to do anything about that? Nodding in his direction. I think I was inspired by Alexa's bold sense of adventure because I immediately got out of my folding chair, walked into the lake, and swam out to the diving platform. It felt like my own version of that scene in Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, where Bridget, wanting to show off for her summer camp crush, looks at Eric and pours water over herself, shaking out her gorgeous blonde hair. Without thinking too much about what I was going to do, I smiled at Jonas and climbed the three sets of stairs that led to the top of the high dive. I didn't stop. I didn't look down. I just jumped. It felt like I fell for approximately forever by the time my pointed toes pierced the glassy surface of the lake. Engulfed in the chilly water, my heart raced. I did it. I jumped off the high dive. Sure, I was fueled by the desire to get a man's attention, but I did it. And I'm happy I did. After that eventful open swim, we had dinner and a movie night in the lodge. Just like last session, we watched The Parent Trap and ate pizza. When we got back to Sycamore, we put on music and had a dance party before bed. I noticed that Anna and Shannon are experiencing some newfound popularity since the talent show last week. As a result, some of the more reserved girls have embraced their goofiness singing into hairbrushes and paying no mind to the HSS, who think they're too mature to have fun. After lights out, I sat on the porch in my folding chair and started outlining my fireside chat. I'm officially on the senior camp schedule for Wednesday night, so I need to have it prepared by then. I decided to write about being in control of your own story, how you shouldn't let other people define you or decide your fate. It's very much inspired by my real-life drama and trying to avoid Lucas and Becca. July 22nd, 2019. 
I spent the morning kayaking around Heart Lake. Because there are a handful of campers in morning double canoeing, we got to really explore the shoreline of the full lake at a slower pace than usual. Instead of another canoeing staff member coming with me, Bert joined as the second chaperone. While we were out on the water, he challenged some of the older kids to a race. I rarely see him interact with kids, but he's great with them. I could see him being camp director someday when Benny decides to move on from Harwood. Tonight was Color War Breakout, AKA the first of three days of Color War. We followed the same scavenger hunt style reveal as last session, but this time around, I'm on Bert's red team. So are Jess and Jonas, as well as my two favorite campers, Anna and Shannon. After we found our teams and geared up, we met at the sports field for relay races. Same as last time. The kids this session are noticeably more competitive. Somehow, Lucas and Becca are on the blue team together. They were basically on top of each other all night. It was very unprofessional. I did my best to focus on my team, but I felt Becca's gaze on me more than a handful of times over the course of the hour. I'm surprised to see that Jonas and Bert are buddies. I hadn't seen them socialize too much this summer, but they spent the whole night strategizing and planning. I guess this makes sense. Even though they're very different, they both fall under the category of alpha male. They're both dominant and competitive, and clearly on a quest for Red Team to win Color War. Tonight, their coordinated efforts were a success. Red Team won. By a lot. I think it's going to be a fun few days. July 23rd, 2019. Work was nice today. I spent all day on the speedboat with Jonas, spotting skiers and wakeboarders. I was happy to spend some time with him. And I think it goes without saying by now, but I'll say it anyway. Those arms. I, wow, they're just magnificent. For the morning, it was just the two of us. In the afternoon, Bert hopped on the boat with us and the skiing boat became Red Team HQ. Bert jotted down strategy notes while Jonas drove and they consulted me on how to best use some of my campers for capture the flag. Between the three of us, we organized and led some secret Red Team meetings during dinner. We broke up the team into groups to divide and conquer with a set strategy. I understood how Bert's team was so strong last time. They didn't cheat, just like our meetings today technically weren't cheating. But they were almost cheating. Almost. When the game began, the members of the blue and yellow teams basically fucked around compared to how streamlined the red team operated. Anna and Shannon, my little sycamore stars, ended up finding the flag tucked in the rafters of the boathouse porch. The girls know camp like the back of their own hands, so it makes sense that they would find the flag and bring it back to the lodge first. Another red team win. 
I couldn't help but gloat alongside Bert and enjoy Anna and Shannon's newfound popularity. They're basically the queens of camp, which is way more recognition than Sycamore girls usually get. Believe it or not, 12-year-old girls aren't always the most popular. Also, I know this is petty for me to write, but I love that the rude, clicky HSS girls are basically irrelevant amongst the other campers. Nobody here really thinks they're cool. I like that about camp. Popularity works different here. Related note, I think Becca's bullshit is backfiring on her. Staff seem to be acting extra friendly toward me. I'll take it. July 24th, 2019. Tonight was the last night of Color War, and we won tonight and overall. Red team went three for three this time. I'm glad to have been on the winning team, especially with some of my friends and favorite campers. Leading my fireside chat was the highlight of my day, so I've copied part of it below. As a writer, I try my best to look at life like a story, with myself as the main character. Do I want to live a story that I'm proud to share? Absolutely. But, as a person, this can be hard. I want to be proud of my actions, but sometimes my emotions get the best of me and I act in a villainous way, rather than like the hero I want to see myself as. It can also be hard to write yourself as a protagonist when others are trying their hardest to write you into their story as the bad guy. That is a feeling that is all too familiar to me. But if I take a step back and take a deep breath, I realize that if someone wants to see me as the villain in their story, there isn't anything I can do to change their mind. The best thing for me to do, rather than try to please everyone all the time, is to focus on making my story the best that it can be to live adventures that I'm proud of, to treat the other characters in my story with respect and kindness. I encourage you to do the same. July 25th, 2019. I worked at sailing all day. Well, I was supposed to work at sailing all day, but we'll get to that. Each program period had a mini regatta. Lots of kids are earning sailing awards this session, including 10 master sailors. They need to complete a regatta as one of their awarded requirements, so today became regatta day. In the first program period, I sailed in Iskau with a really sweet senior girl. Because of the unusually high winds this morning, she needed someone to help weigh down the large boat and keep it from capsizing. She could have controlled both the mainsail and the jib without my help, but I ended up helping with the jib anyways. We had a lot of fun. Second period, I stayed on land and supervised the boathouse so that the sailing staff could all go out on the water and join in the regatta. Because they're all great friends, 
I know they appreciate me volunteering to do the more boring jobs when I'm around so that they can have fun together. And I'm happy to relax in the boathouse, so everybody wins. At rest hour, the day took a dramatic turn. After taking a short nap, I went to use the girls' camp bathroom. When I got inside, I found that two of the HSS girls had cornered Anna and Shannon in a stall and were verbally berating them. All I heard was, stupid cunts, before they noticed me and stopped talking. But it was too late. I saw and heard what they were doing. Last week, they were given a final warning. This behavior was unacceptable. Callie joined me to bring the two bullies to Benny's office, where the three of us gave them the news that they were being sent home. Benny called their parents, who were not happy to have to leave work on a Thursday to drive three hours to pick them up. But they broke the rules. Once the rest of the campers from Sycamore got to their third period programs, we brought the two bullies back to the cabin and supervised as they packed up their belongings. They were not given the privilege of saying goodbye to their bunkmates and were kept isolated with Callie and I until their parents arrived to pick them up. The whole process was uncomfortable and ended with one of the mothers rolling down her car window and giving me the middle finger as she drove away from the cabin. I suppose the kids learn their bullying behavior at home. Sending two of the six HSS girls home left a weird vibe in the cabin and put a bit of a damper on the excitement of getting ready for the end of session dance. The two empty bunks felt like ghosts haunting the cabin. That being said, I could sense that all the other Sycamore girls were happy to see justice served. I wasn't assigned a job for the dance tonight, so while the campers had fun in the lodge, I pulled Anna and Shannon aside to check on them. They said that although they didn't feel awesome, they were okay and just wanted to have a good time for the rest of camp. I told them I was going to call their mom and let her know what happened and asked if they wanted to talk to her. They said no, that they just wanted to go have fun with their friends but to tell their mom hi and that they're excited to see her tomorrow. So that's exactly what I did. Their mom was happy I let her know what happened and let me know that she'll be bringing extra treats for the Sycamore girls tomorrow night. Typical alumni parent. So overall, a dramatic day. Definitely one I'll always remember, but with a happy ending. July 26th, 2019. Just like last session's last day of camp, today was a hectic day spent helping out at sailing and canoeing, making sure that everyone got their awards completed. Resilient Anna and Shannon seemed to have recovered from yesterday's drama and spent all day practicing for a campfire performance with a handful of other theatrical Sycamore girls. They kept the song a secret from us counselors and I was excited to see what they put together. Usually kids don't perform at closing campfire, so I wasn't sure how they coordinated this surprise performance, but I knew it would be good. Anna and Shannon's mom made good on her promise from last night, dropping off chips, peach salsa, and guacamole to our cabin before we went to the all camp cookout. She jokingly called it a pregame. 
She also left a sealed box of what she called counselor treats on my bed, with explicit instructions to wait until the campers left before opening it. She had a wild reputation in her days at camp, so I imagine she left us some interesting stuff. Closing Campfire ran similarly to last sessions, with Master's Award presentations followed by camp songs. As the sun set, Benny called the Sycamore girls up to perform. They gathered their concealed props and quickly set up a makeshift stage. At that point, I still had no idea what was about to happen. Then, catching my eye, Jonas stood up from the bench where he was seated with his cabin staff, slung a guitar strap over his shoulder, and shot me another one of his sexy winks, just like he did last weekend at the piano. My heart skipped a beat. Was he really about to accompany my camper's performance? Answer. Yes. Yes, he was. The 12-year-old girls put on the best performance of Journey's Don't Stop Believin' that I've ever seen, which is saying something considering that I saw Journey live last summer. Jonas strummed the iconic tune as the girls sang along, acting out the lyrics in campy vignettes. It was awesome. Everyone loved it. I know I loved it the most. I feel like I'm crazy for thinking that Jonas is interested in being more than just my friend. He's so cool and I'm so... Liz. But organizing a performance with my campers seems like something you would do for someone you like more than just as friends. Later, as we were cleaning the cabin, I asked Callie, Alexa, and Jess their thoughts. They wholeheartedly agreed that Jonas is into me. We had a pizza delivered to Sycamore to celebrate the end of the session about an hour after the campers left. As we ate, we opened up the box of counselor treats. Anna and Shannon's mom didn't disappoint. She gave us a bunch of chips, cookies, and candy, as well as magazines, nail polish, and face masks. Oh, and two bottles of vodka. One blue raspberry flavored, the other green apple flavored. I still have her number saved in my phone, so we sent her a silly selfie of us holding the alcohol and promised to keep it a secret between the five of us. We spent the night in Sycamore using some of our new face masks, eating pizza, and reading magazines. There are no big parties this weekend, so most of staff is staying on camp. We decided that this weekend we'll stick together and have a sycamore weekend. After all, this is technically the last full weekend of camp. July 27th, 2019. We're definitely not supposed to drink on camp property. That being said, we spent the day drinking on camp property. First thing this morning, we went to town to get coffee and stock up on supplies for the last session of camp, including Mountain Dew to go with the vodka we'd been gifted. Since it's Sycamore Girls Weekend, Callie took the rest of us out sailing on the East Gow. We brought cans of soda and vodka with us and had a blast. By the end of the afternoon, we were tipsy and tan and ready for a good night. 
Because there were no planned parties, we decided to go to Hogan's, the bar on Heart Lake, with a bunch of other staff. I was worried about getting in, since at 18 I'm underage, but apparently the owners don't ID unless you're drinking. So the underage staff either drink on camp or in the Hogan's back parking lot. Or both. When we got to Hogan's, the place was packed. The four of us immediately got picked for karaoke, and we sang Don't Stop Believin' to honor our Sycamore campers. Right as we launched into the second verse, Jonas walked in. I was pretty drunk at that point, so I boldly copied his signature wink when we caught each other's eyes. He smiled and laughed and made his way toward the little stage to cheer us on. After we sang, I went straight to Jonas. We danced for most of the night. It wasn't sexual or dirty necessarily. I felt like I was flying as he spun me around the dance floor and I finally had a reason to put my hands on his broad shoulders. At one point, we went outside to get some fresh air and drink from the flask he'd hidden in his back pocket. We sat on the curb and I thanked him for how cool it was for him to have performed with the Sycamore girls. His response? I knew you'd like it. No, nothing happened. We made a pact for this to be Sycamore Girls Weekend, so the four of us left the bar and walked back to camp together. Tonight was a tease, but I liked it. Thanks for listening to Camp Stories. Hit subscribe and stay tuned for the next chapter in Liz's adventure.